Let the church say amen. 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 Come on, we can do better than that. Amen. 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 It's a good thing that I cannot sing because we would still be singing. You know my name. Oh, my God. To all the universes that are at his disposal and how he holds everything together by the power of his word, the God who is so high and lofty and transcendent intentionally chooses to become imminent, close, and intimate with us. It's amazing to consider that not only does he know our name, but he knows the birds in the air. He knows every leaf on every tree, every insect and amoeba. He knows all things. He is sovereign. He is omniscient. And with what he knows about me <laughs> that you don't know about me, <laughs> and he still loves me anyhow, my God, how can you not serve a God like that? And how can you not tell somebody else about that unconditional love? Love. It's his love that changes us, not law. Law reveals our need for him and our need for his love. So the law sets us up to say, you can't keep this, but someone kept it for you. <laughs> someone kept it for you. And he died in your place because of Love. Love kept him on the cross. Oh, boy. I tell you what, all kind of songs are coming in my spirit right now, but it's a good thing I can't sing. Let the church say amen. amen. Now, y'all were louder on that amen than the first amen. Oh, man. How y'all going to do a brother like that? Oh, my, my, my. Well, yes, indeed. We celebrate with Peter and Abby and their three sons with the addition of Reese to their home. Um, every adoption is a calling. Every adoption is a calling. And here's what many of us don't know. We see the beautiful aspects of an adoption that makes our hearts glad and warm. But what we don't see is the spiritual warfare that comes upon a family that takes up the call to adopt one of God's little ones. And the, the, the Waller family experienced great resistance when they gave Jesus their yes when they gave him their yes, they were shot at by so many arrows from the enemy. Uh, just recently with the flood that happened a few weeks ago, um, their basement was flooded. They were uh, using their basement to help one of the members from Strong Tower Bible Church uh, to stay there. And once the basement was flooded, that person had to find uh, a place to stay elsewhere. And so just the inconvenience of having to get your house together, make sure you know, there's no mold that will be resident. Uh, and then also they lost two cars that were also flooded during the time. And God rose up as he always does and provided uh, transportation for them. But this hasn't been easy. And uh, they've been dealing with doctors in Memphis, doctors in Nashville, uh, trying to make sure that baby Reese's transition will be well. And uh, Abby just wants to hold her new son and his three brothers. Can't wait to see their new brother. And this church can't wait to see him and to stand with them any way we can. Because you do know, when you take care of God's children, God takes care of you. His children, each one of them have an angel. And uh, the Lord warns us when we mess over children. Man, you might as well get fitted for a millstone. Don't mess with his children because through the children we see the kingdom of God. I can't wait to see my boy Reese. I've seen pictures of him. Well, man, I can't wait to dedicate him to the Lord in this house. My God, my God. I needed that news because this week hasn't been, oh boy, how do I say this? Every week, every day is good. There are some bad moments in each day, but every day the Lord makes, we can rejoice and be glad. And yet we can still lament, still grieve, still mourn with the things that we've seen in our culture and in our society. More and more unnecessary, unwarranted bloodshed. Um, it just breaks your heart. Um, it continues to increase uh, for many of us who are working through anxiety and who are working through triggers. Um, when, we, when we see what happened again in Minnesota, as we've been already uh, watching 
the Derek Chavin trial, uh, not George Floyd trial, even though they've tried to put the deceased on trial. It is about this officer who kept his knee on this man's neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds. And we're praying that justice will be served because um, police, we love them. But like anyone, they must be held accountable um, for mishaps on their job. And then as we're working through that, and some of us can't even watch the trial because we don't want to rehearse those images over and over again, um, and then we're confronted with Dante Wright, something unnecessary, being shot when he could have been tased or even let go. Um, we're dealing with this. Um, the city, I have friends right now in uh, Minnesota that we've checked on um, that we're praying with. One is a pastor, one is a former member who still considers this church her church and me her pastor. We had to pray and speak with her this week. I reached out to this pastor in Minnesota. Doreen and I have spoken at that church and the city's on lockdown. The city's apprehensive, not knowing what's going to happen. Um, it's a tough place. So, so let's consider our neighbors in Minnesota. Uh, but not only that, uh, then we learn of the shooting in Chicago that could have and should have been avoided of Adam Toledo, 13-year-old boy. Uh, wow, we need help. We need help. And then there was a shooting just up the road in Knoxville where a student was killed and an officer was wounded. Um, there's so much bloodshed, so much bloodshed. And so we're praying that God would have mercy but one of the things that we also have to keep in mind that as we accelerate towards the return of Jesus, uh, each day means that we're closer to his return of either him coming to us or even us going to him. Um, he does say that in the last days, the love of many will wax cold. I pray that our hearts don't get cold, that we don't become um, just calloused. Another shooting. There, there have been so many mass shootings, but I pray that we don't become the people who it becomes commonplace. Because sometimes things don't hit home until they hit your home. And I pray that it doesn't have to hit our home for us to wake up and to do the things we need to do. So we pray for officials. We hold officials accountable and we vote. And we even protest peacefully wherever we need to. But my God, um, also pray for these families the families of those who have committed these atrocities, those who are, have succumbed to these atrocities, we all need the mercy of God. We all need the grace of God. Um, and if you, uh, this morning, I sent out an email to the church as I shift gears here, follow up on what Brother Ben had said. We want to uh, have, as much as we can, a summer of rest. Um, so much going on mentally and emotionally and physically, um, you've been going nonstop. Thank God that you've been able to work during this season. As Felicia said, some people in our body, their jobs have been uh, greatly hindered and altered. Um, people have been going through various challenges and changes with teaching at home when they didn't sign up to homeschool. We've gone through so much over this, these 13 months, and the church has gone through a lot as we try to minister and serve. Um, as I say to the staff, making bricks without straw, just doing what you can. And God has been faithful. God has graced us every step of the way. And uh, what Pastor Jerry and I heard from the Lord is, okay, um, people are going to be vacationing this summer. And you should because you couldn't really do much last year. Restrictions are re relaxing a little bit. Uh, many of you have now been vaccinated and you want to go see your mother. You want to go travel to another place and, and see your family. You want to take that vacation you weren't able to take. Uh, you just want to rest. And the last thing we want is for church to be another thing that you feel like, oh, I got to be there. I got to do this. I got to do that. Uh, there's a time, okay? But there's also a time to rest. And when we say rest, we don't mean resting from God completely because that's not possible. Uh, we will continue to have Sunday morning worship uh, throughout the summer, but what we are resting on are some of our programs, uh, the weekly Bible studies and, and a vacation Bible school and summer camp and outreaches, mass outreaches that we do. Uh, we're not going to do those this summer because you just can't keep revving the engine uh, and all those RPMs just stay on high. Something's going to blow. 
which is another reason God encourages us to rest. He doesn't need any sleep or slumber, but he rests as an example for his creation to rest. Because when we rest, that means we've got to trust him to take care of the crops, to take care of the fields. And as we've always said, if there is a ministry that your family needs during the summer, man, visit another church, go to another church, join another church. Strong Tower is not the only church in the kingdom of God. Um, Your loyalty is to Jesus, not to us. Uh, You are his sheep, not ours. Uh, But we hope that uh, a program will not get you to just get up and totally leave this church if God's called you here. But we also understand that seasons come and seasons go. Uh, but, but right now, we're just going to wait. We're going to rest. Uh, I'm going to take some time off from preaching. I've been preaching longer these past 13 months than I really ever have in my career because I normally take breaks here and there. But I didn't want to take breaks because I wanted some level of normalcy to be here on, online videos that we were doing, that you could see your pastor, you could hear from your pastor. I was hoping that my voice, my presence, my wife's voice, her presence could could provide some stability and some calm. And now that things are getting a little bit better, pastor need, whoo, take his foot off the gas, okay? Um, uh, And so my wife and I, man, we're going to take some time away and just uh, rest a little bit. I have capable men and women who are going to come behind this pulpit, this sacred desk, and preach this word and encourage you. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So we're, we're, we're just going to breathe a little bit, okay? We'll still be here. We hope your tithes and offerings will be here during the summer. I heard that amen. And, uh, and then our prayer is that based on what the CDC says, as we get towards the end of August, as we begin relaunching as a church into the fall, and get ready to celebrate our 26th anniversary and people are going back to school, we hope that the CDC will say that we can have more people come to church and maybe we'll be at a place where we can take the masks off in our worship services. We'll see. We'll see. Or something could happen and set the nation back. We don't know, but we'll be ready either way. God's given us some muscles during this time that we didn't know we had, that he worked out in all of us. And again, as Felicia said, we're just so thankful for you that your commitment to Jesus is not based on this building. Your commitment to Jesus is based on your commitment to Jesus. And you just love him and serve him and give as best you can. But I will say our our volunteer pool has suffered because we have some people who are not able to come back to church right now because of pre-existing conditions and they haven't been vaccinated. People that we've leaned on and depended on for years that they just can't come back. And it's a health reason. We, we respect that. We understand that. And so we've got some holes in our volunteer places with ministry. Uh, and then we have some people who, man, they're not coming back until they see this vaccine turn over a few times. They're like, I'm, I'm just going to watch, you know. <laughs> and I won't call y'all out, but a lot of y'all are black folk. A lot of y'all are black folk who are like, I don't trust. You remember what happened with Tuskegee? But anyway... Uh, we understand diverse church, you have diverse cultures, and, and we're not all the same. But one thing stands the same and remains God is faithful. He always gives us what we need and who we need whenever we need it. So He'll raise up the folk. You know, man, there, there's some, some ushers that I miss seeing. There's some people I just have not seen in over a year, and they haven't seen me face to face. But we're believing that there's going to be a time where we will be together. Amen. 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 All right. So I hope everybody's good. I hope everybody's clear. Turning your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter one. And as I said last week, if you can't find Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two, we got more discipleship to do at this church. Amen. Amen. Matter of fact, go to Genesis chapter two. I'm going to preach a message this morning uh, from our new series, uh, Gleaning from the Garden of Eden. Gleaning from the Garden of Eden. There's so much good stuff packed in the Garden of Eden. What happened in those first three chapters of the Bible? That Man, I, I, we're going to be here for a few weeks. There's just good stuff for people who are married, people who are not married, um, people who are um, entrepreneurs. I mean, there's just so much here in Genesis chapter. One, two, and three. So uh, for the next several weeks, we'll be gleaning 
from the garden. And this morning, with the help of the Holy Spirit and your prayers, I'm going to do my best to preach a message entitled, Before You Say, I Do. Amen. Before you say, I do. So if you're married, this is still for you. If you already said, I did. (laughs) If you're single and God's called you to singleness, this is still a good word of encouragement to you. Amen. So let me pray for us. Oh, daddy, thank you, thank you, thank you that you know our names in spite of knowing our stuff. Matter of fact, The stuff you know about us, you don't even bring up against us. You've put into the sea of forgetfulness. You put our sins behind your back. You have attributed our sins to the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And we have thus received his righteousness. So when you look at us, you see Jesus on us. Your son, whom you loved and you love with everything that you love us the same way. God, I pray that love would make us safe today, secure today, confident today, at peace today, knowing that since you love us, what can separate us from your love? Since you love us, who or what can stand against us? We thank you that Satan is defeated today. We thank you that we overcome him by the blood of Jesus and by the word of our testimony. So glad we got a testimony. And so glad it's not done yet, because there's still more that you're going to do in our lives with us and in spite of us. Get the glory, get the glory, Lord. And it's our prayer, Lord, that when we see you, whether when you come for us in the return or we go to you in death, it's our prayer that we will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Thank you, Lord, that even when we're not faithful, you remain faithful Who couldn't serve a God like this? My God. Bless the word now. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Talk back to me. Say amen. 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 Y'all been sitting in your living rooms and I can't tell if you gave me my amen when I asked for my amen. (laughs) So now that you're here, I need my amens, man. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, well, well. As we know, 2020 was a monster of a year. It was a year that was unprecedented for our generation. I know people talk about the flu that happened back in like 1919 or 1909, but most of us weren't living back during that time except for uh, Brother Bob. Uh, uh, you know, some of us, you know, I'm sorry, man, you, 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 didn't, you don't go back that far. But, um, but uh, yeah, 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 we, we don't know. <laughs> Robert, how old are you? But anyway... Uh, <laughs> That's all we know, right? Amen, amen, amen. So we don't know. We, we've never seen anything like this. And again, we all had to adjust on the fly, and we're still adjusting. Uh, and when 2020 started, it started, number one, with a flood, um, a tornado, really, that came through the area and really tore up various parts of Nashville. And then after that, COVID became official. And then we came into another flood, as I mentioned earlier, uh, just a few weeks ago. So a lot has been going on, but I think we can all testify and say that although things have been unsure, God has remained sure. Although things have been unsteady, he's remained steady and constant. He changes not. As a matter of fact, Sometimes we wouldn't really even know how powerful he is had we not had problems that would lead us to his power. And so we learn how to pray a little different and stronger and more intense and depend on him during this season. And so um, good things came out of that hard season. As I mentioned, some of us had jobs altered, but some of us, our jobs not only remain, but they even grew. We, we, we grew during a pandemic. Uh, number one, another thing, we're alive. God allowed us to make it through alive during this season. And with the living, there is hope. He's not finished with us. And so we've been blessed during the pandemic. Some of us have been so blessed, we gained weight 
during the... Anyway, uh, I'll keep moving. I'll keep moving. I, I won't stop there. I won't stop there. Grocery stores on lockdown. And, you know, can't get toilet paper. Y'all remember that? Couldn't get paper towels and lining up, lining up. But somehow, some of us still manage. Lord, help us, Jesus. He still blessed us during a pandemic. And not only that, some of us either found love during the pandemic or they got engaged because they found love before the pandemic. And so, in other words, the Bible says many waters cannot uh, 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 put out love, the fire of love, because love is going to endure all things. And so marriages continue to happen during COVID. And many have happened and will happen in this church. So COVID could not stop love. Life didn't stop and neither did love. Siobhan Parrish and Monty Marshall married on March 8th of this year. My homie, Homer Smith, and Krista Wilson married on April 3rd. Now, now, we could just stop right there and just, because if you know Homer, it's like, Homer is off the market? Homer got serious enough to marry a woman? What, because Homer, Homer, Homer's, y'all know Homer crazy. And so Homer is married? My God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. To a wonderful woman, had the privilege of talking with her, a very stable woman, very sound and solid. And again, he just like this, you know, and you see God's sense of humor, how he brings people together. My man, homie, home. And then this July 17th, Andre Hearn will marry Loretta McDonald Jr., and, uh, and, we, and we still hold our hope for Loretta McDonald Sr., but, but, but hey, hey, never say never, right? Isn't that what Justin Bieber said? But anyway, uh, 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 but they're getting married on my birthday, July 17th. Then Ben Taylor and Rebecca Davis are getting married on September 18th. Love is in the air. You better be careful about drinking the water. Well, you can't drink the water, right, because we just shut the uh, water fountains down. But anyway, it's in the air, uh, uh, the good part of the air. And then... Bo Collins is marrying my oldest daughter, Crystal Williamson, on September 24th. I tell you what, COVID can't stop love. My daughter has the audacity to say to me, Dad, I want you to walk me down the aisle, and then I want you to perform the vows. So, so I, I've never done anything like that before, obviously. So I got to work hard on that day. I just want to be Dad and sit on the front row, cry next, and hold Darina together and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? But now I got to walk down, make sure I don't trip or step on her gown, because it's a beautiful gown. And then I got to go to the side, put that hot robe on, and then do the wet. Man, she asking a whole lot of her daddy, but you know daddy going to do it because I'm wrapped around her finger. Hey, man, can I get any daddies out here with girls? Whatever they ask, you're going to do. <laughs> Callie got you, don't she? My God, all they got to do is just look at you and you just do what they ask. It's a power that you have, daughters. Please use that power responsibly. <laughs> Man. Oh, Lord. So, so, so today I just figured all this love in the air and, and potential love, because I see people sitting together who I haven't heard anything yet, but maybe I'll hear something soon. I'm, not, I'm just going to keep my head on the swivel like this. I see folk out there sitting together, but anything. I'm going to share some principles of what you and I can learn from Adam and Eve before you say, I do. So the first thing I want us to look at is before Adam said, I do. Look with me at Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. The Bible says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Thank you, Jesus. So before Adam said, I do, we need to see Adam had a couple of things going on. Number one, Adam had wind from God. 
wind, because God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and Adam became a living being. Adam had wind from God. So in the obvious, he had the spirit of generation. He was generated. He was made alive. God took him from the dust of the ground, formed man, and then breathed wind or life into him, the life that lights every man that comes into the world, John chapter 1, generating him, making him a living being. Amen. And we've all been generated by God. But as we look at things on this side of the cross, there also needs to be a spirit of regeneration upon a man, that that man needs to be regenerated. In other words, not just to be made alive, but to be made alive spiritually, okay? Because when Adam was created, he sinned. And because he sinned and he is our federal governmental head, as the first man created, we all come from him. So we have all inherited our humanity from him, but also this thing called sin and death. We inherit from Adam, which means we are born separated from God spiritually. And another term for that is spiritual death. We are born dead in our trespasses and in our sins. We're physically alive, generated, but we're spiritually dead. So we need to be able to become spiritually alive. Because if you're born once, you're going to die twice. But if you're born twice, you're only going to die once. Somebody said, Pastor, run that in reverse and bring it back for me. If you're born once, generate it. You're going to die twice. Physical death and eternal death in the lake of fire. Going there to pay for your sins that Jesus already paid for. Man, why would you do that? And beyond that, he'll give you a new life. Uh, coming to Jesus is more than going to heaven. Coming to Jesus is having abundant life, a new life. Yes. You know, so, so if you're born once, you'll die twice, physically and eternally. But if you're born twice, that is you're born and then you're born again from above. You're generated and you're regenerated. You only die once and maybe not even that. Because if he comes today, I won't know physical death. But if he tarries for, you know, let's see here, I'm 52. I'll probably live till I'm 117. So therefore, <laughs> if he waits, I will die physically, but I will never die eternally. To be absent from the body is to be present with Jesus. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. My seat is reserved. I'm going there. So, so, so have you been born? Yes. Have you been born again, as Jesus said? Have you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ to give you eternal life, to give you abundant life, to give you a new life? Because if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. And so you got to have wind from God. Now, sisters, I got to stop and pause here because some sisters, when they're praying and asking God for a husband, sometimes the criteria is so low that all they say is, just let him be breathing. All you got to do is breathe and it'll be all right, you know. No, no, raise it up a little bit, okay? Yeah, we, we need him breathing, but it's also the best for a believer. Really, the only thing we have is that that person must be born again. They need the spirit. You want him to have the spirit of God in him and upon him to minister through him. I like how the prophet Ezekiel said in Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 2, he says, Then the Spirit entered me when he spoke to me and set me on my feet. The Holy Spirit sets you on your feet. When you fall and fail and stumble each and every day, he has a way of always propping you back up on your feet because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us. So when we fall and stumble, we can't stay down. For a just man may fall seven times, but gets back up again, gets back up again. And you're not getting back up again because you can grunt your way back up. The spirit in you will not allow you to stay down. He will always lift you up and lift me up. And in marriage, you need him to lift up one another. My God. Not only did he have some wind, y'all, he had work from God. Oh, my. 
Uh, uh, let's see here. Look at chapter 2, verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man. God took him. So before you say, I take you as my husband, make sure God took him first. God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. And then over to verse 19, the Bible says, let's see here, where I got my glasses on. Uh, Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them and whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam, in this state of perfection and paradise and innocence with God, brother man had two jobs. So there's part Jamaican in him. He had two jobs. The first job was tending the garden, working and tending the garden. And then the second job was naming the animals. Oh, this is so important. You see, to work is to be like God because God worked all week. God said, and it was so. God made man from the ground. God worked with his mouth and with his hands. God worked. And to work is to be like God. Jesus said in John 5, 17, my father is working up until now, and so am I. So to work is to be like God. To work is to be like Jesus. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. So Jesus made himself humble, made himself a slave. He came to work. He was a wonder-working, miracle uh, messiah. Serving the people, feeding the people, blessing the people, healing the people, preaching the people, leading the people. And so the work is to be like God. And not only that, to rest is to be like God. Genesis chapter 2 verse 2, because we're not made or built like God to the degree that we can work, 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 work without resting. Resting is a sign that we are uh, constitutionally inferior to God. And that we need God to do the work that he called and created us to do. So we rest, we rest, rest, which is hard for many of us to rest. Uh, But again, rest is an act of worship. But to work is to be like God. Now, after the fall, work got cursed, making work harder. So God said to Adam, when I told you to till the field and all that, now when you do it, you're going to do it in the sweat of your face. So because creation fell when man fell. So creation, the ground got harder. Creation is moaning and groaning. So you think some of the places you look at right now are beautiful. Man, look at that sunset. Look at that waterfall. Look at that pure water that I can see all the way down to the bottom. Man, that does not compare to what the Garden of Eden was like. Okay, man, look at the colors out here. The trees are popping. You can't even compare that to what it was like before the fall happened. And so, so Adam had to work the fields. He had to sweat in his face. So now here's the thing. Work got cursed, but work is not a curse. Work is a good thing. To work is to be like God. Work got cursed, but work is not a curse. Work is a blessing. Here comes King Solomon, Ecclesiastes 2.24. Nothing is better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that his soul should enjoy good in his labor. This I also saw was from the hand of God. So enjoy good in your labor. And for those of you who can, that you're working a career that you would do, man, even if you didn't get paid. Like this is the thing I was put here to do. Money, man, that's that's a bonus. But but this is what I was made to do. That if those of us who have that kind of career, that man, it helps you get up in the morning. Others of us may not have it. We're tent making like Paul. You know, what what I'm called to do is be an apostle to the Gentiles and preach the gospel and plant churches, but I also got to build these uh, tents so I can eat while I'm waiting on God to open up these doors. You know what I'm saying? So some of us are in some tent-making jobs, but thank God you have a job. Because some folk don't have a job. And many times our attitude determines our altitude. So rather than cussing and fussing about the job you have, start thanking God for the job that you do have. And pray for the people on your job who are ornery. And guess what? You might be the ornery one that they're praying for too when they go home. (laughs) But hey, man, we're all falling. We all need help. So work. Homeboy had two jobs. Now, when I went to Darina's parents in 1991 to ask for her hand in marriage, I just graduated from college in 1990. I was in grad school. 
and Darina was finishing up her last year of college, and uh, we had been dating for like three years and two months. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I said, it's time, it's time. So I went and I spoke to her mom and dad. A little nervous, a little nervous, because watch this. I had three jobs. I had three jobs. The first job was student. I was a student. I was a student in grad school, getting my master's. Okay, that's work, that's work. But then the second job was I was a rapper with the internationally world-famous group Transformation Crusade. I know you heard of them, but if not, that's your fault. And so uh, uh, I was a rapper. I would travel on weekends and make a little bit of money from churches that would give you love offerings that would have more love in it than offering in it. And so I was out there working, preaching the gospel through rap music on the weekends. But then my third job, which was my steady job, the one that really gave me some money, I was a janitor for a while. Uh, working, I went to school at Liberty University, and they were connected to Thomas Road Baptist Church. So I took a job cleaning Thomas Road Baptist Church in the evenings, as well as cleaning the elementary school associated with Thomas Road called uh, Lynchburg Christian Academy. So I'm out there with some of the homies, man, and we're, I got the big buffing machine, I'm mopping the floors, I'm cleaning toilets and all that kind of, man, God used that to build some good stuff in me. Oh, I forgot another job. I had another job. I worked at a grocery store. And so I worked in the fruit department. And so to this day, my wife says, when we go grocery shopping, you pick the fruit. No, don't let me, you, you pick the fruit because I know my fruit. Watch out for the fruit that they put in the cellophane. This is for free. This is not the sermon. But, but when they put that fruit in the cellophane and wrap it, the rotten part is at the bottom, and the good part is on the top. Don't buy that fruit. Uh, go, go get the other fruit that ain't wrapped in that cellophane. But anyway, or the corn and all. Okay, okay, let me get going. Let me get going. Oh, Lord, I had, I had two, three jobs. And I, uh, my, my in-laws, they are people of faith. Because I don't know why. They gave me their yes <laughs> when I asked for their daughter's hand because I didn't have any bank. I, I was on faith. I was, but maybe they saw my work ethic. Maybe, maybe they saw my work ethic that, that I won't let you go hungry, baby. I'm going to make sure you got a roof over your head. Thank you, Jesus. And I saw the Lord, who's the ultimate source, provide resources whenever we stood in need. And still to this day, he's faithful. Oh my God. So Adam had win, homeboy had work, but then he also had a word from God. Chapter two, verse 16, the Bible says, and the Lord God commanded the man, commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So God gives the man the word, the command. Eve is not present yet. She, she's coming momentarily, but he gives Adam the word of God. You see, God established marital headship and spiritual covering by giving Adam, the word of God first. Now, I know that's not popular today, but I'm so glad we're not called to be popular. We're called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We're in the world, but not of the world. We, we try to understand the world in which we live in, but we don't let the world dictate to us how the kingdom of God is to operate. And in the kingdom of God, there is order, but in the world, there is confusion. In the kingdom of God, there is objective truth. In the world, there is subjective truth. And God says, Adam, here you go. I'm going to give you the word. Now, God did not give this message to Eve, but somehow Eve, when she was talking to the devil, understood much of the message. So where did she get the word from? She got the word from her husband because the husband is to be uh, 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 the spiritual leader of his home. That doesn't mean that the wife doesn't lead. That doesn't mean that the wife is not spiritual. So don't throw a shoe at a brother because I'll throw it right back at you, all right? And, and, and so, so here's the deal now. God established leadership, servant leadership in the home, headship in the home, which goes with Ephesians chapter five, because God always has to have a point person to go to. Because in a minute, he's gonna come to Adam and say, where you at, bruh? because these commands were not followed. He didn't say, Adam and Eve, where are you? He says, Adam, where are you? Because I gave you authority and responsibility that I did not give to your bride, who is to lead with you. Y'all are to uh, uh, have dominion together, but in this regard, you're the head, you're the covering, okay? Because as Christ is under God, the Father, so the wife is to be under her husband. Order in the home, order in the Godhead, okay? 
And so he gives him the word, not to lord over her, but to lovingly lead her and serve her. So in your home, the husband ought to be the pastor of the home. So before you come see Pastor Chris or Pastor Jerry, we want to make sure that you've seen the pastor in your home, your husband, the priest in your home, your husband. Uh-huh. It got quiet up in here, didn't it? That's the way it's supposed to work. But many times we're either overly dependent or codependent on pastors. Listen, I'm trying to pastor the church in general and my house specifically. All right. God gave you the Holy Spirit and abilities and the word of God to lead your own home. Okay. Now, when it gets tough, then you can come to the church. Okay. Uh, We're here for that. But, But first, make sure you at least try to understand what it's like to serve and lead as a spiritual leader in your home. You can do it. He equipped you to do it. Adam was given the word of God and the word of God that the Lord gave him brought freedom. That's number one, because God said to him, I command you, you're free to eat. So so whenever God's ministering, he's going to remind you of how free you are and what you're free to do. Then he comes with restrictions, but don't touch that one. You're free to have all of these hundred million trees up in here, but don't touch that one. What the devil do? Let's talk about the one you can't have and the one you don't need. Let's not talk about all that you do have. Let's talk about what you don't have and how God's holding out on you. But if you understand spiritual warfare, you say, I'm not going to focus on the tree I can't have and don't need. I'm going to look at all the trees in my life that God's blessed me with that's flourishing with fruit because that's how spiritual warfare works. But here here it goes, though. There are restrictions because you can't have freedom without restrictions. Uh, my daughter here, she, she's got her permit. She'll have her license here in a moment. My, my girl will be free to drive, but she's not free to drive wherever she wants to drive. She can't drive on the left side because she just feel like it and she's free to do it. Watch out because there's a, something coming that way because there are lines in the street restricting you going to that side and that side coming to your side. And when the sides don't cross, you thank God for the restrictions that are there. And so the same is true with walking with God. We are free, but there are restrictions because if there are no restrictions, hedonism will take me out. Now, watch out for ministries that first come to you or Christians talking about what you can't do before they talk about what you're free to do. Okay, I just threw that in. That's legalism. When they want to focus on what you can't, what you can't, what you can't. The book of Colossians, Paul says, man, we're free. So we focus on how free we are. And what's free for you might not be free for me, and what's free for me might not be free for you. So that's why we got to be careful of not judging our brothers and sisters for where they are in their freedom based on the word of God, okay? Uh, We'll all stand before the Lord and answer to him as Christians, but we're free. There are restrictions, but then there are absolutes because the Lord said the day you eat from that tree, you will surely die. So there are absolutes to the word of God. And so as a priest of our homes, we must know these things, because when a man is in the word of God, the word of God will be in that man. When a man is in the word, uh, it's like if you uh, go to a well and you drop a bucket down to get water. But if it's dry and there's no water down there, there's no water that's going to come up in the bucket. And there are people, they don't have a well of the word in them. So that when there comes a time during the day where you're tempted or you're struggling or you want to return evil for evil and the Holy Spirit is trying to bring something up out of the well, there's no fresh water there. But we've got to invest and spend time with the Lord so that there's water in the well. So that when we go through things, the Holy Spirit, man, have you ever been in something where you're praying or you're talking to somebody and the Holy Spirit retrieves something that you haven't read or thought about in weeks, years, or or months, or years? That's his work. He's doing that. But man, we saturate ourselves with his word, with his word. Now, Adam, the brother is now ready to receive his wife. He's got that wind. He's got that work. He's got that word. Now he needs that other W called wife. He ready now. He ready now. Genesis chapter 2, verse 20 through 25, talk about how the brother got his wife. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. I won't even read that right now, but the brother starts shouting. That's all I want to let y'all know. He starts shouting, and he gets his wife. So Adam, single men, married men, look for these qualities and more in yourself. Is the wind of God operating in you? Are you working well, finding joy in your work? Uh, don't be the brother that's always in between jobs. 
Man, what you do? Well, right now, man, I got a couple of resumes out. Don't be that brother now, all right? Let, let's close the deal on some stuff, all right? Uh, 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 and ladies, look for these qualities and more in your Adam. Because if his mama couldn't raise him, don't think you can raise him, all right? Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> and, and we need a man that if he marries a woman who makes more money than him, he's not threatened by that. <laughs> uh, I wish I could chase that, but I won't. All right. Because it all comes from God. When we first got married and moved to Nashville, I was working at a metal shop. I was making scraps. My wife was working for the city, making cash and using her degree in psychology. She worked for the Department of Human Services. And we would sit down and do our bills, you know, sit down at the kitchen table. And I bring my little check in and she bring her check in, had more digits on it than mine. But she never made me feel inferior. She saw that the brother was working. Amen. Ain't that right, baby? Look, forget all these people. Ain't that right, baby? You made a brother feel all right about himself. <laughs> but then I planted Strong Tower and the rest is history. Got paid. Well, I ain't really paid. I don't want y'all to pay. But, but, but the Lord took care of me. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, well, secondly and finally, before Eve said, I do, what was going on in her life? First thing is Eve heard God's voice before he made her in time and space. He heard, she heard rather the voice of God. Pastor, what are you talking about? Genesis 1, 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and who? female, he created them, then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Pastor Chris, what's the point? Eve heard God say that she was made in the image of God, meaning that she's not inferior to a man. She has the same image of God in her that a man has in him. She's not less than. So, and Eve heard that. She heard that she was blessed. She heard that she was fruitful. She heard that she could fill the earth. She heard that she could subdue it. And she heard that she could have dominion. She heard everything about her that the man heard about him from God, okay? Men and women must hear that women bear the image of God and were created to rule with man because we have some men, many of them Christian men, who think that women are less than men. Ah, I won't even get into that. After hearing God's voice, it's imperative for a woman that she hear, how do I say this? Once you've heard God's voice, which she heard before she heard Adam's voice, she heard God's voice before she heard Adam's voice at the end of chapter two. So ladies, make sure you know what God sounds like so that when this man who comes to you saying that he knows God, make sure that what he says sounds like what your God says. That's what I was trying to say. I tried to fix that up for you. Because if he don't sound like your father, if he doesn't sound like your God, you don't have time for him. And you got to test the spirits because a lot of these wolves, I mean, a lot of these brothers come talking Christian language. And some of us are so, we just got to hear a little bit of Jesus. But we need a lot more than just a little bit of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so don't, don't, don't. Ooh, ooh, girl, he, he, he said amen when we prayed. Can he pray? How about asking him to pray? And you, you, you're discerning spirits, okay? But, but, but you got to hear God first to make sure that what he sounds like sounds like God. Zephaniah 3.17 says, the Lord, your God is in your midst, the mighty one. He will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. God sings over his people. In other words, God is kind and loving to his people. And every wife should want to hear that kind of dialogue from her husband. So she heard God. But also Eve was held by God. As he made her. Uh, Verse 22 of chapter 2. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. He made, he sculpted, he built a woman 
from the rib, which means that before Adam put his hands on Eve, God's hands were on Eve. You, you, you dig what I'm saying? So she's not going to Adam to try to find something she never got from God. Uh, her security, her purpose, her identity, who she is comes from God. And so that's why she doesn't have to have a man hold her because she knows what it's like to be held by God. And if the man holds you wrong, your life doesn't fall apart because, again, you know the hold and the touch of God. So we're asking and praying for our sisters to, to know God's touch is more important than knowing a man's touch. She was held by the Lord because you can't make a rib without using your hand, a woman from a rib without using your hands. But then finally, Eve was called by God to be a helper to Adam. So she heard his voice. She was held by him. And then he had a calling on her. Sister, I need you to be a helper. Look at Genesis chapter two, verse 18. And the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Then verse 20 says, so Adam gave names to all the cattle of the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And many folks will read helper and see uh, someone subservient. They will read helper and see someone who only has a purpose in life if she's married. Uh, and if you're single, you don't have purpose. No, no, no. That's not how we read this passage. I pray God set somebody free right now. The Hebrew word helper is Azar. Azar. And Azar means to help, but it also means to help from a place of might and strength. Because you can't help someone if you don't have might and strength within you. Okay? So, so it speaks to the fact that you're strong and you're helping someone who is weak. Mm-hmm. So we always like to say the wife is the weaker vessel, but the man is weak too, okay? And so God knows, even in this brother's state of innocence, he's going to need some help because he's going to be weak and he's going to need somebody strong with him. All right, that doesn't get you. Watch this. The word Azar is used of nations that Israel had to turn to for military assistance when they were being attacked by another nation. In other words, they would turn to Egypt for Azar. They would turn to, uh, let's say, uh, Mesopotamia for Azar or for help. And so this kind of help was military help and assistance. But above all, this word Azar is spoken of God himself 16 times in the Hebrew Bible. So God is our Azar, and there's nothing weak about God. God is strong. He, he's a mighty one. Psalm 121 verses 1 and 2 say, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence come my help. Azar. My help. Azar. Comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So ladies, wives, you are like God helping your husband, providing military support and resource to your husband. Deuteronomy 33, 29 says, happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help and the sword of your majesty. So God helped the people by being a shield to the people. My wife helps me by being a shield for me. She protects me from stuff. That's coming my way. Stuff that I don't see. You know why? Because she's got my back. <laughs> she's a shield. And I would be foolish not to lean on her and rely on her. And watch this. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21. Submit to her. I submit to my wife. She submits to me. We submit to one another as we submit to the Lord. Submission is not a one-way street that she does all the submitting. I'm a fool if I don't submit to my wife. But you do know, you do know, you do know. There's a time for me to not submit. And that's when God has spoken clearly to me about something, a direction. And maybe she's not there yet. And I have to be tender, I have to wait on her. But there may come a time where I have to make a decision. Because let me go back to Genesis. God said to Adam, because you listen to your wife about eating from this tree I told you not to eat from. You put her above me. Don't do that. And so again, 
It's a dance that we have to do. But she trusts my leadership because she trusts my submission to God. And she can follow me because she knows who I'm following. And I can follow her because I know who she's following. And together we have dominion as Chris and Darina Williamson. It's a wonderful dance. Every now and then it gets out of step. My wife will step on my toes every now and then. It gets out of step sometime. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But you get your rhythm back. But if you don't understand your roles and how it works together, She may be trying to do my role. I may be trying to do her role. No, no, understand how God wired you and put you together. Ah, I got to get going. In the book, Sanctified Sexuality, Sandra Glan writes, based on the consistent use of this term in the Hebrew Bible, it only makes sense to conclude that God created the woman to be a strong ally, a warrior. Battle is not just for men, Women are called to put on the armor too. So it's a place of defense and fighting and strength to be a helper to a husband. Eve was now ready to receive her husband from God. She had heard God's voice. She had been held by him. She understood her call to be a helper. She's now ready to get her husband, Genesis 2, 22. So Eve, look for these qualities and more in yourself. Men, look for these qualities and more in your Eve. Don't try to do marriage without God. It's his institution, okay? Don't try to do his covenant without relying on him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Husband, wife, Jesus, we wrap around Jesus, we wrap around each other. But if we try to do it on our own, Jesus said, you can do nothing without me, including marriage. You might want to try again, Jesus, we need you for our marriage. We had you for the wedding day. We got married in the church. We had a preacher pray. Somebody read from the scriptures. We took communion. We even sang a worship song. We had church folk there. But since the wedding day, we haven't been praying. Since the wedding day, we haven't been in the scriptures together. Since the wedding day, we haven't been taking communion. Since the wedding day, we haven't been around God's people. And we wonder why. God will not be mocked. Include him. Oh, it will blow your mind. There were certain things that Adam and Eve had on their own before they got married. They were two whole people who came together to make a healthy marriage. They weren't looking to marriage to make them complete. Don't do that. Only God can make you complete. Marriage will just enhance your completeness in Christ. So don't look to somebody to make you complete. Look to God to make you complete and look for your spouse, your husband, your wife to enhance who you are in Christ. Because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 19, verses four and five, and he answered and said to them, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Jesus said, for this reason, for this reason. So before you say I do, you need to know your reason for wanting to get married. Jesus said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Because if you don't know your reason, there's a strong chance you won't be able to enjoy the marriage covenant properly. As a matter of fact, those who don't know their reason might find themselves getting divorced for any reason. Gotta know your reason. And my reason for getting married 30 years ago this coming December was that I knew God brought this lady into my life. Just like God brought Eve to Adam, I know that God brought this woman into my life. And after meeting her, I was like, for me, I've never met a woman like this before. And I was impressed and blessed by her love for Jesus. And then I looked at her and said, man, ain't she fine? But I didn't see that first. I'm not lying, I'm not lying. I saw that heart for God. I was like, man, the way my wife was and is a worshiper, It drew me in so that I could grow as a worshiper because in Bible college, I'm getting all that doctrine and I'm constipated from all this doctrine I'm getting. I'm all stuffed up from this doctrine I'm getting. I'm learning the word and all this stuff. But she was just so gentle and free in her worship. 
And I was like, man, that's what I want. <laughs> so I married this woman, and she has enhanced me. She has helped me to get closer to Jesus. Without this woman in my life, I don't know where I would be. Oh, man, thank you, God. Our verse while we were dating was Psalm 37.4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, because I was delighting, my heart was right. Because I'm delighting in the Lord, the desires of my heart was her. Because she was delighting, the desires of her heart was me. And we are here today saying, God did this. So when we tell our story with the ups and the downs and everything in between, there is a sparkle in our eye because we know God did it. For this reason, I said, Lord, I got to have her. I don't want to let her go. I don't want nobody else. And there was this little dude trying to talk to her too. And... Uh, I said, I got to make my move. I got, I got to step up. I was a little shy. You know, I was like, she might not want me. I'm from the hood and stuff. You know, well, I ain't from the hood, hood. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know. And I'm like, man, let, let me step my game up. Then I saw this little dude taking her out of her class to talk to her because he had, you know, authority to do that. He, he was some kind of RA or something. He pulled her out of one of her classes. And I said, oh, man, I got I to get on. I got to go. I got to, I got to get my work done, you know. And so I went to her, and I, I was like, I don't know if she'll say yes to me. I don't know if she'll go out with me. But I went on and said, would you go to, we had some dance. Well, it wasn't a dance because we didn't dance as Baptists. Uh, there was something, uh, some kind of uh, thing. And I said, would you go to me, go with me to that? And she surprised me. She said, yes. And to this day, just like being born again, I can't get over the fact that Jesus loves me and accepts me. I can't get over the fact that she said yes. Like, you said yes to me. I still look at her like, why did you say yes to me? Why? Why? And then she's like, oh, Chris, go ahead. And sometimes I'm fishing for a compliment, you know, throw one back at me, you know. I'm giving you one, throw one back at me. Well, I chose you because you're a man of God. I should give you the mic right now in front of everybody and let you tell everybody why you wanted to be with me. Come on up here, girl. Yeah. You are holy, holy, so holy. Oh, thank you. What a privilege. Don't y'all love you, Pastor? <laughs> I said yes because I saw um, how you flowed in your love for the Lord. And I saw, um, I saw your gift. It was really... I'm trying to think of the right word. It was, um, it was contagious. I'd never seen anything like it. Mm. And I saw, um, I saw how you love God. And I was like, wow. Mm. It drew me. And it still draws me. It's still so beautiful. What's that, James? <laughs> Thank you! Thank you! <laughs> and um, and you, were, you, were, you were not um, hard on the eyes either. You were easy. Look, I looked all right. Yeah. Yeah, you looked all right. Well, amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Oh, well, well, Brother Ben, can you close us out, man? You, can, can, can you come up, my man? And, 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 and you, you, you're loved, too. Ain't that right? I, Amy, I am so blessed by my wife, Amy. And the Lord has blessed us big time. And I am just so thankful. I'm so grateful. And I'm in awe and wonder at how good he is. And when we're he-focused instead of me-focused, it all works. In marriage, that's what makes it work as well. And I'm thinking about W's. I, we heard about wind today. We heard about work. We heard about his word. Heard about wife. And the why, the reason, before you say I do, to know the why. The why. When the why is bigger than the worry, the marriage works, right? That's what I've found. When my wife and I together go to the why, to the word, it works. When we worship together, it works, right? Here's what we also heard today in the worship. He knows my name. He knows yours. He knows all of our names. He knows every hair on my head, if I have hair. He knows my name. Not everybody knows that, though. In our walk this week, not everybody knows that he knows their name. 
Let us all be the hands and feet of Jesus this week and spread that good word, right? Speaking of the word, one announcement coming up this week. Please join Pastor Chris on Wednesday night via his personal Facebook page for Bible study. Wednesday night starts at 6.30 p.m. sharp. And the great thing is, you can be wherever you are. You can be at work. You can be on the couch. You can be wherever you are and tune in. But this week, help us be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's go spread the good word. He loves us. He loves each and every single one of us. Let's go be his light and love in this world. Y'all be blessed. Have a great day.